8 o'clock. Thanks for joining us. It's an Apache Friday, which means we celebrate the weekend. And it's payday today. And thank God, too. Things uh, a little little tight in the... A little tight. Well... The, uh, T-Friends and coffers. The uh, the car has been yelling at me to get an oil change for the last maybe two weeks. And I said, I will do that when I get paid. And swing by our friends at Scotty's. They do that. There you go. I could do that. They bring you, of course, the Scotty's Complete Car Care Center Prep Athlete of the Week every Thursday at 840. Keaton Young of Palisade was our uh, Player of the Week this week. Or case wrestler of the week. Of course, regional wrestling going on this weekend. State wrestling tournament coming up next week. Maverick wrestling team getting the win last night. The Battle of Brownson. It over was Western. So cool. Now you were there. What doing? PA. I was. Yes, yeah, doing PA last night. Very good. Yeah. So they had. Um, and shout out to our former colleague uh, Ryan Grizz. He and his company set up all the lights, and there was projections and kind of like a disco ball vibe going and um and then it was me which you know take it or leave it doing pa and then it was it was really cool the crowd was was insane i will give credit where credit is due western fans travel very well to junction very good and crowd was great and it was exciting at the end because they were only down by two team points, and then they uh, that set up the heavyweight battle, which basically determined who would win the whole thing. And as I was informed mere minutes before, if they if the Mavs won, which they did, they would receive a share of the conference regular season title. And they had the RMAC commissioner there, and they had the banner, and I got a picture of it. It was it was really cool. So, well, that's awesome. It, it that, was so that, cool. That, that's a that's a great moment. It's a nice little perk. Congratulations to Mike Mendoza and the men's wrestling team. They win a share. They clinch a share of the RMAC regular season title with the win last night. Third in a row uh, for for the men's wrestling team. Carrying on the legacy of Chuck Piper, and they're doing something cool too. Um, and I can't remember the exact how they're doing it, but it's basically at the end of uh, certain duels, they're going to have the Chuck Pfeiffer Award, basically. And it's it's the like their Maverick Wrestler Award that's going to be, they're going to have a plaque out in the hallway, and they're going to honor whoever gets that award. So Very cool. He was there last night, had a little tribute to him. So it was, it was all around, it was a really cool event last night. All right, more Maverick talk coming up. Uh, we'll have the interview that uh, Buckeye did with Conrad Villaforte after yesterday's Maverick baseball win. Mavericks take on Azusa Pacific today, noon, in the doubleheader over at the Diamond at the Bergman Sports Complex. So, uh, good crowd yesterday. I mean, it was a little chilly yesterday. It was February 9th. Right. But, um, but it was sunny, at least. Good crowd out there yesterday for uh, the Mavericks' uh, opening win against Azusa Pacific, a team that they swept last year out in. Azusa, California, and um, we'll also preview the Maverick basketball games uh, later on this morning as well. Both uh, teams at Colorado School of Mines tonight, Metro State tomorrow. Ethan Jordan will have those for you on the Team Sports Network. All right, we go around the NFL to start out the 8 o'clock hour. And the news last night, the announcement at the NFL Honors event that uh, this year's class was unveiled. 
and former Broncos outside linebacker, former Cowboys outside backer as well. They drafted him. That's where his career started, and bulk of his numbers came as a Cowboy. Uh, DeMarcus Ware will go into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And so there's a really good piece in The Athletic about uh, DeMarcus Ware coming to Denver to kind of complete the thing that was missing in his career, which was a championship. It hadn't happened in Dallas. And and so leaves as a free agent. And there's the, the piece in the article about when the Broncos were getting ready to play in Super Bowl 50. This was the, the night before. Mm. Peyton Manning gets up to talk to the team. This is PFM. The sheriff. This is the sheriff. First ballot Hall of Fame guy. And he gets up and he's, he's going to speak. And then DeMarcus Ware is supposed to speak after him. And DeMarcus Ware is saying to himself, what am I going to do to follow this guy? Right? What, what, am like, I, what am I actually going to say after Peyton Manning talks to the team? How do you follow that act up? So according to the story that DeMarcus Ware asked John Elway, who was the general manager, of course, at that time, two days before the speech, can you actually bring the trophy to the meeting? And he said, okay, I'll do it for you. So they had security bring the Super Bowl trophy in. And I remember opening up the backpacks it was in, and I and I pulled it out and set it on the table and just stood there and looked at it. I looked in all the guys' eyes to get a gauge of, do you want this or not? And with the trophy in front of them, Ware told his teammates this was an opportunity to live forever. And, of course, they would two days later win the whole darn thing. Win the whole darn thing over the Carolina Panthers in Super Bowl 50. And the defense with Von Miller and DeMarcus Ware, particularly Von Miller, was the MVP of the game, the driving force behind them winning that game. And so I think that's kind of a cool story. That, you know, here's, here's a guy and DeMarcus Ware drafted with the 11th pick in the 2005 draft. Went to, he was a first-team All-Pro. Keep in mind how we value All-Pro on this show. Pro Bowl, yeah, it's nice. Yeah. All-Pro means a lot. You are the best of the best at your position. And Ware had 117 sacks that uh, came along during that course of his career in Dallas. And and so, I mean, his work with with martial arts experts, he often credited that with him creating the kind of pass rush technique that made it tough for offensive linemen to key off on him and, and figure him out. And meticulous attention to detail. And so, you know, that's obviously part of the legacy of, of DeMarcus Ware. But... Um, you know, when Dallas, that, that chance just never came around for him to be a Super Bowl champion. And and so Ware, who, who teamed obviously with Von Miller, and Von, you know, Ware arrived in Denver in 2014. Miller had, at that time, made had 35 sacks, made two Pro Bowls, starting to emerge as one of the best outside, you know, linebackers, one of the best pass rushers. He'd also been suspended for six games for violating the league's substance abuse policy. He's also recovering from an ASCL injury and was kind of a little bit, Vaughn at that time was kind of a little bit lost, a little bit of a lost soul. Needed some guidance. And that's where 
DeMarcus Ware stepped in and played a very vital role in, in the rest of the career of Von Miller in kind of helping him understand what it means to be a professional. Miller said, it became at a vital point in my life. I thought I knew what it took to be a superstar in this league. I thought I knew what it took to be successful in this league, but I was wrong. When DeMarcus got there, his locker was right across from me. We talked about everything. And so not only DeMarcus were a tremendous talent, tremendous pass rusher, but a guy that proved to be maybe the difference in Von Miller's career. Absolutely. In terms of, of him being on the right path as a professional. You know, they're both Texas guys. They're both edge rushers. They're both peak talent guys at the at, you know, at the top of their careers. And you're right. And anybody who's seen the America's Game uh, film of the Broncos' 2015 Super Bowl run, Von Miller absolutely credits DeMarcus Ware with making sure that he was, you know, not just on the right path football-wise, but, you know, learning how to kind of be a better man, asking for advice on how to, like, be a father, you know, do stuff like that. Just needed somebody that had been in the league had maturity as it just as a human being as an adult had 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 seen a lot in his life and and demarcus Ware, who it wasn't just the the uncle-like advice the fatherly advice the mentorship kind of thing about him he had two sacks in the super bowl it wasn't like demarcus Ware didn't contribute anything on the field he certainly did he did that maybe not to the extent that he would have liked to like he did as a dallas cowboy but he still was an impactful player during stretches of his Broncos career. So um, it's real for, for DeMarcus Ware to, to get into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. My final grousing today still feel like it's it's a travesty that Randy Gratishar is not there. It's it's long past due that he get in, and the fact that he's not is still frustrating. So as we continue on around the NFL, Jim along with Cake today from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, that uh, Nick Cosmander has a, a list of priorities for the Broncos when it comes to free agency. Now that uh, the coaching situation has been settled and it's Sean Payton and he's going to definitely play a role in how George Payton shapes this roster and who they try to keep in free agency. He's got a list of priorities for the Broncos in terms of free agents. Now are these just positions or are they kind of they're just ranked in terms of importance. Okay. So number 10 is Eric Tomlinson, who the Broncos, he was at Baltimore. They, the Broncos signed him as a free agent. He basically brought in as, a, as another offensive lineman. Not, you know, not really um, you know, a tremendous receiver. He did have a career best nine catches for 79 yards and two touchdowns. So he did start to show some receiving skills, but he's not Albert Okuwebunam. He's not Greg Dolchich, the big perm, but a guy that proved to be, from a run-blocking standpoint, a good piece of the Broncos this season. Billy Turner is ninth on this list. Because the feeling was that when Nathaniel Hackett got the job, that Billy Turner made a lot of sense, former Bronco, and then, of course, he went on to play for the Packers, was there when Nathaniel Hackett was the offensive coordinator that Billy Turner would pick up the scheme, obviously, very quickly since he, he knows. knew the terminology from what Hackett ran in Green Bay. But uh, 
the injury to Turner, the knee injury took longer than expected. He only played in eight of 17 games for the Broncos. And so, can't imagine. Or, or Tomlinson, eh, maybe possibly could come back. Turner may not. Probably highly likely Billy Turner's part of this team in, in 2023. Eric Saubert, backup tight end. Got's good special teams player. Had uh, career highs with 15 catches, six for first downs for 148 yards and a touchdown. Remember early on, Russ gushed about his connection with Eric Saubert, how they were clicking in the passing game. Didn't exactly you know, didn't don't, don't manifest. Deli- didn't deliver to the level I think that either one of those guys expected. But uh, but Saubert um, got some playing time because Albert Okwegbunam was pretty much a healthy scratch most weeks until the very end of the season. Best probably the best blocker at that position. Good chance he might stick because of his special teams ability, and started to develop as more of an all around tight end in the passing game. He's got Deshaun Williams on the defensive line seventh here. I mean, Williams, the guy that was working in an Amazon fulfillment center not that long ago and got the call from the Broncos, uh, ended up getting a practice squad spot and then made the initial 53-man roster for the first time in his career back in 2021, then became a full-time starter when Shelby Harris got dealt in the Russell Wilson deal. And so the feeling is, is that you know he had a career high in, in sacks, four and a half, tackles for loss, quarterback hits, He's 30, but he's starting to put some of his best years together. So he could be a player that Denver looks at potentially trying to keep moving forward. Sixth on this list is Latavius Murray, who has a history with Sean Payton in in New Orleans. And Murray looked good during stretches this season. He He did. He had 703 yards, 18th most in the league. He had five touchdowns. He averaged 4.39 yards per carry. Seemed like he kind of found life. You know, it's for you know, a new life, new leash on life, or new lease on life, I should say, as a Broncos running back. And so with Javante Williams probably not going to be ready to go by the start of the season, Sean Payton knows Latavius Murray. He trusts Latavius Murray. Murray seems like the consummate pro. Don't be shocked that Latavius Murray is still with this football team as a running back in 2023 as he should be i think they've got um kareem jackson fifth on this list he's been a free agent the last two off seasons and when there's been no interest from other places he's found his way back on the denver roster he had a career high 94 tackles last year still brings some juice but also as a guy at times he's just real undisciplined and makes some stupid stupid penalties and he's uh, over the thirty hill, yeah, he's yes, he is. He's thirty four. Ooh, yeah. See, that's so. They've got young guys like Caden Stearns and Delorean Turner Yell that that are there in that that secondary group. And the feeling may be from the Broncos and whoever ends up being their DC that they may want to look look elsewhere. Fourth in the list is Cam Fleming on the offensive line. And Cam Fleming, who played with the Patriots when they won two Super Bowls, kind of a turned into a really good swing tackle option for Denver. 
And it looked like he was going to be on the outside looking in with with Calvin Anderson and Billy Turner and Tom Compton, that those would be the guys that would be battling for starting jobs and most of the playing time. But Fleming turned in to be, you know, maybe not the best starting option, but a good swing tackle, a guy that could play on either side of the line. Third on this list of free agents, Alex Singleton, who they brought in from Philadelphia. Team I, 163 tackles, the most by a Denver player since 2007. That's probably the guy, num- A number one, you want to bring back. Play- it was a really good special teams player as well. And had to play a lot with Jonas Griffith, Josie Jewell out. Looked like Jewell and, and Singleton. It kind of paired to be a really good inside tandem. And particularly with the Broncos moving Baron Browning to the outside. Right. Don't be shocked to see Singleton back with the Broncos, especially because of his ability to play on special teams. Dalton Reisner's number two. At one point, yeah, at one point, Dalton Reisner was going to be like a perennial all pro, at least pro bowl guy for Denver. Bronco for life. Yeah, exactly. Ranch kid out of Wiggins grew up being a Broncos fan. He's doing the beef commercials. Yeah. Started 62 of possible 66 games during his four, first four seasons with the Broncos. And but there seems to be the feeling that he has regressed. Reisner says he'd love to stay with Denver, but Denver's not exactly been real active in trying to get a deal done with him. And what? that seemed to rub him the wrong way, at least in one interview he did on a Denver radio station. What I think... With with regards to Reisner, the regression to me stems from the fact that Mike Munchak was no longer the Broncos' O-line coach. Right. We'll see with uh, Coach Streif if maybe he can kind of tap into something if he does come back this year. And I think I think ultimately you, you give him another year just for some semblance of continuity because you still got the Garrett Bowles injury. I don't know if he's going to be ready for the start of the season or not. Probably not. You know, there's there's going to be some moving pieces around anyway. You do you might want at least one piece there that's just continuity and that could be adult Reisner and you hope that he takes some coaching from Zach Streif to you know to get, to kind of get back right. to where he was before. Exactly. Hopefully that'll be the case. I think I, I like Dalton Reisner. I, I hope it works out that he stays in Denver. Walter Payton, Man of the Year nominee. Guy, yeah, good, good, a lot of good things about Dalton Reisner. Just the play has not been what it needs, it to, needs be. to get better. I think he knows that. And then number one on the list, it's no surprise, it's Draymond Jones, yeah. who made the comment, "I'm here now." <laughs> back in November, which not good. Twenty two sacks with the first four seasons. He's turned into one of the really. Uh, good up-and-coming defensive tackles in the league, plays the run well, puts pressure, collapses the pocket from the interior. Um, you know, so could be a case where they, they mention, where Cosmender mentions in this article, Denver does what others have done. Like the Texans with Jadavion Clowney, the Seahawks with Frank Clark, that you tag and trade. Because you could get some picks back, and this is a way of kind of rebuilding the draft war chest a little bit. That uh, they could tag him. The one-year figure of nineteen point seven million is a possibility. 
and that that has been mentioned that you know George Payton said he's one of our core players who want him here a long time. We'll just leave it at that. So Denver could do the franchise tag. They could tag, they could trade, or they could tag him and try to get something worked out this year long-term with Draymond Jones. But I think Draymond Jones is a guy that you really, really want back. For if, sure. If you're whoever the D.C. of this team is going to be, you want him back. Absolutely. Unless you get a lot of draft picks. And then you know, there have to be a lot. And then there, there are options out there in free agency. They mention Washington's Deron Payne, uh, Javon Hargrave with Philadelphia, that those are guys that uh, could be the replacements for Draymond Jones if they have to move on. So, a couple of things. I think this is a cool thing the NFL's doing, though maybe Walter Payton would have been nice, but I think it's pretty cool that the NFL is going to rename the rushing title for Jim Brown. They announced that at the NFL Honors last night. Makes sense. One of the all-time greats. Guy that dominated the position for nine years. I mean, the, the, the one year, you know, the back then they played 14 games. There was one season he could have rushed for 2,262 yards Ooh. in a regular NFL season if that would have been the case back then. So I think that's a, a nice gesture, wonderful move on the part of the NFL to name the rushing title after Jim Brown. And let's see, any other... Demar Hamlin. We got to mention one thing for Demar Hamlin here before we we move on. Mm-hmm. That um, Demar Hamlin last night, NFL honors, just a remarkable appearance last night for him. Where he, they, uh, the first responders who saved him, they were recognized with a video tribute, and then brought them up to the stage. And then Hamlin came after the the first responders that were there that he uh, gave a one-minute, 54-second speech saying, Every day I'm amazed that my experiences could encourage so many others across the country and even across the world, encouraged to pray, encouraged to spread love, and encouraged to keep fighting no matter the circumstances. I think, I think it was great that they... It was a moment where, thank goodness Tamar Hamlin's fine. Thank goodness right? he's going to be okay. But to acknowledge the people that are there, you see... You see the the sports medicine people there at games all the time, and, and they're, they're doing their job. And they're kind of they're kind of like officials. If you don't mention them, that's a good that's a really good day. Yeah, but when there's a really bad day or a bad night, like Cincinnati Buffalo and what happened to Demar Hamlin, that's the time those people have to act, and that's the time that you need to acknowledge what what they did and they saved his life that night for sure, no doubt about it. And uh, that was that was cool that. Uh, they not only and Hamlin also acknowledged his uh, uh, ICU doctor at the uh, Cincinnati Hospital as well. Just a, a really nice moment last night for the NFL Honors with Demar Hamlin. So cool. All right, so we have Jackson Wilson coming up here in just a moment. River City Sportplex, but it's time right now for Where in the World is Tyler Franz? Where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Where the hell is he? Well, I can't find him. He's not I will find you. Chance to win beer today. Must be 21 or older, and if you've won within the last two weeks, you must uh, politely sit it out. First correct text on the Chick-fil-A breakfast team. Text line 970-242-1340. Where in the world is Tyler Franson today? We're going process of elimination. Stadiums that have hosted the Super Bowl. 
This stadium resides in the city, in a city that has hosted the big game 11 times. The stadium has itself hosted five times. It has not hosted since 1979, and it was demolished in 2008. Where in the world is Tyler Franson? Apparently standing in a parking lot now. Apparently. which Probably so. Which is very on brand for me. Let's not kid ourselves. <laughs> Wait, I thought I was coming here to get ice cream. Where am I? <laughs> where am I? What am I doing? This isn't Fruta. This thought, isn't where I live. I thought this was a Starbucks. Oh, dear. Starbucks it sound like again. a David Byrne. Where am I? Who am I? What have I done? And if you find yourself with a beautiful wife. This isn't my car. <laughs> First correct answer. Once again, you got to be 21 or older. If you won the last two weeks, please don't play. Okay? Sit it out. Let somebody else win. 970-242-1340 Chick-fil-A Breakfast Team phone line. This hour brought to you by Preston Lee at Country Financial. He believes in building relationships, supporting the community, and serving others. Have a chat and let him help you protect the things that are important to you. Google him at Preston Lee Country Financial. Should mention anytime you win a contest on the Jim Davis Show. You're qualified for the never-ending contest. This month you can win $5,000 from England Fence to go toward any of their fence products, a new pergola, a log archway, entry custom gates, and electric uh, gate operators as well. You must own your own home. Get all the info at englandfence.com or our website, theteam1340.com. And uh, good luck today on Where in the World is Tyler Franson. We'll take a break. We'll come back, talk with Jackson Wilson, River City Sportplex, Avs. Rough night last night. They returned to a place where there was so much joy just a few months ago for the Avalanche. We'll get into that next on the Jim Davis Show. Cuckoo, loony, and crazy. The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Welcome back. Jim along with Cake today from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios. Most trust name in automobiles. Going from the guru today. Happy Apache Friday. Definitely rooting for Mahomes and crew, but they are going to need some lucky breaks. Eagles are solid all around and have let's see, have the and have the A okay, I'm not sure what he's meaning here. The A B P E? Sure, I'm not sure what that's supposed to mean, Guru. I'm it's sorry. either Latin or it's an abbreviation. <laughs> or it's a type. For some good luck for the Chiefs. Very good. Let's see. No true bleeds orange and blue. Broncos fans can root for the Chiefs, not even if their son was being... Uh, no, no, Broncos fan can root for the Chiefs, not even if their son was being held for ransom. No, the hatred of the Chiefs and Raiders should run so deep in your blood that it actually hurts your soul if they have any success. Turn in your Broncos fan card if you're rooting for the Chiefs. Thank, <laughs> thank you, Broncos, Sarge. And then he includes the link to the Michael Scott uh, gif where he's screaming, no, God, please, no. No, no, don't, don't do it. All right, Jackson Wilson joins us this morning, River City Sportplex. Jackson, how you feeling this morning? What's going on? Huh? Feeling good. Yeah, okay, good. feeling better, but not, probably not great after watching the Avs last night. If you, that didn't probably make you feel better. Yikes! That was that was a rough night last night for the Avalanche. Yeah, super rough night. Just didn't seem like they'd get their footing. A lot of turnovers. Vasilevsky, the Lightning goalie, played super well, and just just tough to watch as an Avs fan. I think that you look here after the All Star break. I mean, the, the loss 
to Pittsburgh in overtime, where they, they played really well in that game despite losing two to one. That it's um, you know after the, the the hot finish right before the All Star break, it's been a bit of a tepid start to uh, the things after the All Star break for the Avalanche. Yeah, I'd agree. I mean, it's it's tough to see. Obviously, McCarr goes down in that Pittsburgh game, and you know, with a very questionable, which looked like intentional shot to his head. And then now it looks like he's missing a couple of weeks. Um, so there goes another avalanche down just as they're trying to get guys back. Um, it's, you know, it's just super tough. They can't really get their footing. It doesn't seem like they're getting a good, um, you know, good consistency throughout this year with all these guys missing. And they can't really get any chemistry built with uh, one specific lineup, unfortunately. But, yeah, that was a tough game to watch. Uh, just a bunch of turnovers last night that led to opportunities for Tampa Bay. Um, Joriev couldn't really – a couple shots that, you know, you feel like the goaltender should have stopped that he couldn't. And unfortunately, they just kind of got rolled by a, a well-oiled machine, which is the Tampa Bay Lightning. And it doesn't help on that last goal where Brad Hunt trips and falls into Georgie and they get the goal there. I mean, it's kind of the, the uh, sadly, you know, the, the way that game ended was kind of a, kind of a typified how things went last night with that, that final goal with uh, Georgie just getting knocked down by Brad Hunt. Yep. No, I, I agree. I mean, it's just, and that just kind of sums up how that game was played. Just things weren't going their way. Um, you know, Miko Rantanen felt he was tripped before one of those goals, and he kind of lost his temper on our effort. He got a 10-minute misconduct. Um, just just a lot of different things that, that kind of went. Cogliano got caught with the knee-to-knee. Um, I'm unsure how he's doing today. Just just a game where they didn't have their footing. It didn't seem like they could really get anything going. And on top of that, you're playing arguably the best goaltender in the league and Andre Vasilevsky, and, when, and he's a brick wall. Like, when you can't get anything by him, it's hard to get momentum going. Um, they weren't outshot. Like, I mean, they, I think Tampa had 32 shots. Is that 32 to 30? Was, 30. Yeah, he's not shot yeah. him by two. I mean, yeah, you know, it, the, the number that really pops out, though, which which tells a lot for that game, I think, too, is the face-off. And, you know, the Lightning had about 70% of the wins on the draws getting possession off of the face-offs. And, you know, that's that's always a tough spot to start. If you can't win draws to get possession off some of these face-offs, then, you know, it's it's tough to get your footing as well. So, you know, from, from a statistic standpoint, you know, not it doesn't look too terrible, but if you watch that game, I mean, it was just that was tough to watch as an Avs fan. They just couldn't really, couldn't really get anything going. Jackson Wilson, River City Sportplex, with us today on the Team Sports Network, and you know, they had the two power play goals last night. That was more than they had in the six game Stanley Cup final against the Avalanche. It shows how good the Avs were during that stretch last year. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, it shows it shows the importance of some of those guys. Uh, yeah. You know that they have like Josh Manson, who's on IR right now. Um, you know he he's a fantastic penalty killer. Like he'd be out there, he'd uh, be blocking some shots from stuff too. And then it always hurts when uh, Kale McCarr's not playing. I yeah. mean, like he's out there, PK power play everything. Um, you know, and and it's tough what, where he's not. And that team last year is just really really good and really built to win. And it seems like this year with the roster and the group that they have, they're gonna have to just find a way to dig even deeper than they did last year to be able to come to come out of this. And and like I mentioned last week, you know, I really still believe the Avalanche can win the Western Conference. Um, this Eastern Conference in the NHL this year is just built super heavy. 
Um, you know, the, the, they go into Tampa and they get rolled five to zero. And Tampa's not even the best Eastern Conference team right now. I mean, you have you still have the Boston Bruins who are having an unbelievable run, and then you have the Carolina Hurricanes who are good, and they play Florida tomorrow, who's also a very good hockey team. So I think the East this year is pretty stacked. Um, and all you can ask really for the Avalanche is just just get there, just see see what can happen in a seven game series. Like bring teams here to Denver to to make them have to play a mile high, you know. It just seems like, and it seems I think this is the theme that we've had for quite some time right now. Uh, Jackson about the Avalanche, just like when they get healthy, right? When they get healthy, they're they're going to be a really dangerous team. They're just still, like you said, right. Manson's out, McCarr's out now, Landy's still on on the shelf probably till March, as we've discussed. That there's still guys that are out, and it just it just seems like they can't they can't get everybody healthy at the same time. But you feel like at some point that's going to happen for this team when they do. You just hope it's not too late for things to start to click. I, I I don't think that'll be the case. I think they'll get everybody back in time to start kind of settling in before the, the playoffs begin. But I'm I'm more I'm more optimistic than pessimistic. But the game last night, it's just that was just tough to watch when you go back to a place where they hoisted the cup and there was so much positive emotion about about that team going back to Amelie Arena last night that to play the way they did, it's 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 it makes for a tough Friday morning, doesn't it? Yeah, and, and, you know, what's so funny is the NHL, you know, so what was it? The uh, Wednesday Wednesday night, they released the 2022 Colorado Avalanche Stanley Cup film on ESPN+. Plus. Um, you know, the night before they go back to Tampa Bay to play. So, you know, they got that little deal going there and stuff. And, you know, it just it just seems like maybe their their mind was stuck in last year, last night instead of the present. And Tampa was hungry. I think yeah. they had just lost seven to one um, their their game before, so they were wanting to come out uh, and play in tough. You know, so just just a super hard game. You know, you travel to the East Coast, but yeah, it's it, it's not the team we saw last year that would be able to walk in regardless of injury and just be able to uh, to kind of stir stuff up. Yeah, absolutely. So what's going on with River City Sportplex right now? So tomorrow we have a girls-only try hockey for free at 2.20 p.m. So if you know any girls, women that want to come participate in our girls' try hockey for free, that's at 2.20 p.m. tomorrow down at River City Sportplex. You can find more information on our website at rivercitysportplex.com. Um, and that's super fun. That's it. We're super excited trying to get some more girls and women on the ice. Um, you know, I think we're up to about maybe 15 or so that have registered uh, to come out. We have an all-women's team now, too, participating in our adult league. So, you know, they're going to be out there helping as well. Um, so just super excited trying to grow the sport, not just uh, ch- not just to the guys, but the girls as well. And then we also got a couple CMU games this weekend. So Mesa plays uh, – Tonight against Colorado College's club team, they play at seven o'clock, and then they also play tomorrow at uh three forty-five p.m. too. So if you're trying to catch, these are the last two home games of the year for Mesa as well, Jim. So if you're trying to catch some hockey, um, you know, here as we're winding down, kind of going into the spring and the weather's warming up, come on down this weekend and tonight to watch Mesa take on uh, CC's club team. All right, I imagine as good as Colorado Christian is that uh, they've or Colorado College, excuse me, that uh, 
that they've got a few uh, few guys that didn't make their their varsity team that uh, <laughs> are playing club that are probably pretty darn good players. So it should be a lot of fun with uh, yeah. Colorado College coming over here. Yeah, absolutely. And Mesa's been playing well. Um, I think their two games last week, and they just handed Western a couple a uh, couple pretty massive losses. So they're playing that. well. They're happy. They're on. Um, they're looking to finish off this season on a good note here this weekend. They definitely improved since last year. Um, I think they uh, they might have just got snubbed out of playoffs. I don't think they're going to be able to make playoffs this year, but they've been improving, and you know they have such a young roster that they're really going to be able to go into next year with a bunch of these guys who are still sophomores and uh, and have a really good squad, I believe, next year and try and kind of build up into a uh, into maybe a playoff run. And don't forget uh, the the girls women learn to play hockey. That is tomorrow two twenty at River City Sportplex off the Riverside Parkway. Now that that's a free free or I forget what is that a, is that a free thing, Jackson? Yeah. Or is that, okay, so it's all all free. Yeah, gotta love that. Is that we're gonna have we're gonna have equipment laid out. All you have to do is register and kind of sign our waiver since they're going on the ice. You got helmets, got the gear. The whole point is just to get any girl or women down there that want to be able to participate just out on the ice, get some equipment on, go have fun for the hour. Yeah, just go give it a shot and see what it's like. It's at River City Sportplex tomorrow and uh, rivercitysportplex.com to get signed up for that 220 tomorrow uh, at River City. Hey, Jackson, glad you're feeling better, man. Look forward to seeing you in studio next week, okay? Appreciate it. Hey, man, doesn't Gabriel Lannis call it to like a fever dream now? Like he never really existed, you know? Like he was a, uh, he was like the perfect captain and then all of a sudden he's gone, you know? Yeah, like we, we imagined him, right? That he was something out of our, yeah. our imagination that we created. A figment of our imagination. Yeah. Yeah, and but but now but now you know we've came back into actual reality where, where he's not here anymore. I know. It seems like remember the, remember uh, the commercials he did with Gary Harris. They were the roommates for Altitude. <laughs> that's no, right. Those that's were great. Right. Seems like we that was all made up. Both those guys like all made up that they neither one of those guys ever really existed. Yeah, kind of feels that way. Uh, Landy will be back. He'll 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 become reality for us once again here very very soon. We hope. Love it. All right, Jackson. Have a great weekend, man. Thanks, guys. You too. All right. Take care, Jackson Wilson, River City Sportplex. Joins us every Friday in the program. Get his uh, insight into the world of hockey. But uh, check it out tomorrow. Of course, tonight and tomorrow for Mavs Hockey. Yes. They take on Colorado College. And then, of course, the women's learn to play hockey. 220 tomorrow. Go to rivercitysportplex.com to get signed up for that. And it's a, it's a free thing. So you can just go out and try it. If, if you love it, great. They'll get you hooked up. If you don't, it's okay. But it's great. Great way. I love I love the fact that they do this. Oh yeah, where they give people a chance where it's no cost to go see if it's something you really enjoy doing. Most people get hooked right away, and they're going to be doing it from here on out. So make sure you check it out tomorrow. I get all the details. RiverCitySportplex.com. All right, eight forty one. Do we have a winner yet? By the way, for where in the world is Tyler France? We do. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the winner of the contest. It's another winner on the Team Sports Network. Getting beer today and a congratulations to Haas. Orange Bowl was the correct answer. The Orange Bowl, I should say. Over at uh, Family Truck and Auto over here on North Avenue. Just a little bit uh, south of us. Yep. Haas. Very good. Congratulations, Haas. All right. We'll take a break. We'll come back.
get into four down territory. That's next. Your predictions on Sunday's game, which you can hear on the team starting at noon Sunday. If you're a Broncos fan, are you going to root for the Chiefs on Sunday? Text or call us, 970-242-1340. Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line. They need a wake-up call. Call or text the Jim Davis Show on the Chick-fil-A team line. 970-242-1340. Welcome back, 845. Jim along with Cake today. This hour brought to you by Preston Lee, a country financial, believes in building relationships, supporting the community, and serving others. Have a chat. Let him help you protect the things that are important to you. Google him at Preston Lee Country Financial. A little third eye blind there? Mm-hmm. Great in concert. If you ever get a chance to watch them, go you see them in concert. You were telling me that they were yeah, pretty some, good live. Yes, yeah, some of us here at the station saw them a few years ago uh, when they played with the belly up in Aspen. Really, really good. All right, 846. Time for Four Down Territory. We're into Four Down Territory on the Jim Davis Show on the team. All right, a couple college sports things for my first and second downs. All right. Big news today. My, my friend George in Oklahoma, Dyer oh. Sooners fan, texted me this morning about this. Oh. The Big 12 has reached an agreement with Texas, uh, Texas and Oklahoma to allow them to leave the Big 12 a year early. Ooh. So 2023, 2024, this coming season will be their last season in the Big 12. According to the announcement, the schools are paying $100 million for the right to leave early. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Second down, Pac-12, they're looking at what they're going to do because, well, like the Big 12 lost... Texas and Oklahoma. USC, Pac- UCLA. They're going to the Big Ten. And Commissioner George Klavikov, we talked about this with Mark Johnson a little bit yesterday, that um, Klavikov talking with folks at San Diego State and SMU, that Klavikov went to SMU yesterday on Wednesday to discuss the possibility of the Mustangs joining the Pac-12. So it looks like we could see San Diego State SMU, get California TV market with San Diego State, Southern Cal. You get the Dallas TV market with SMU. So that the Pac-12 could become heavily reliant on a digital streaming partner after USC and UCLA joined the Big Ten. There's been a lot of talk. They could end up making a big deal with Amazon moving forward. We'll see. We'll see what happens. All right, third and fourth down. Third down sticking a little bit Still in the uh, Pac-12. Coach Prime. He was at the NFL Honors, given the presentation for Coach of the Year last night, which went to Brian Dable. But it Well deserved. But it didn't stop him from doing a little uh, on-the-job recruiting. I would be remiss if I didn't take this opportunity to recruit. <laughs> I got the Boses, the Watt. Jerry said I could borrow the star. Jimmy said he's going to help me out. I need all your cousins, your mom and them, your nephews, send them right to Colorado. We good? All right. Don't have no NIL money either, by the way. I love, first of all, I love Coach Prime. But I really love that even when he's doing, you know, NFL honors or interviews, documentary, he's still always recruiting, repping and always recruiting. I love it. Uh, fourth down. Instead of ABC, 
Always be closing. It's ABR. Always be recruiting. Always be recruiting. Exactly. Fourth down, Russell Wilson posted to Twitter uh, a recent dinner date he had with his now new head coach, Sean Payton. And can you guess what other famous person was sitting at their table? I have no idea. Joe Montana. Really? Joe Cool. The original Joe. Well, the second Joe Cool, because some would say name is the original Joe Cool. So. Yeah. So there. So Russell Wilson, Sean Payton, and Joe Montana having dinner together. Wow. I'd love being a fly on that wall. That'd right? be great. Yeah, so we'll see. I, I guess the Sean Payton, Russell Wilson relationship so far. Off to a good start. We'll They're see. Dining together. All right, we want to recap uh, high school basketball from last night. Montrose girls basketball team, they played at Delta last night. Uh, the two met uh, at the Pagosa Springs tournament early in the season with uh, Montrose getting a win. Well, last night, it was the Panthers getting the victory last night. Audrey Frazier with a buzzer beater three to give Delta 45-44 victory. Taylor Summers led the Panthers with 14 points last night. So uh, the Delta girls get the win last night. Montrose boys pick up the win last night over Delta, 50-47. to uh, Montrose led 33-21 at halftime, but uh, Panthers with a strong second half. Uh, Eric Bear led the Panthers with 16 points last night, uh, but uh, Delta falls to Montrose. Palisade girls and boys, they celebrated senior night last night with a 23-16 win the girls did over Battle Mountain. The win snapped a six-game Bulldogs losing streak with Addie Ritterbush leading the way with 12 points. Palisades now 6-15 and overall, 1-3 and in the 5A Western Slope League. Bulldog boys completed the senior night sweep with their 45-36 win over Battle Mountain. Palisade freshman Hunter Howard paced the Bulldogs with 14 points as they improved to 9-12 and overall. Now, as far as Colorado Mesa, we had the game yesterday here on the team. Maverick baseball team opening the season with a win against Azusa Pacific by the score of 9-5 to yesterday. Conrad Villaforte, the DH yesterday, Good game, four for five. Start out four for four, and then reached on an area. He had two RBIs and four runs. And he says that with all the departures last year for the Mavericks, that uh, he has to step up and help lead this team offensively. Stay consistent and uh, be someone that someone looks looks up to. Been here for a while, so um, I know how to play the game the right way. And um, as a team, you know, just just to do our best, and our goal is to reach reach the, that final day. So. So the Mavericks will have a doubleheader with Azusa Pacific today at the Diamond at the Bergman Sports Complex. First game starts at noon today. Also, a pair of late pins secured a share of the Armac title for the Colorado Mesa men's wrestling team last night at the Battle and Browns. And CMU won 21-17 over Western Colorado. Cash Anderson won by pin at 197 pounds. That put the Mavs within two team points down 17-15 going to the heavyweight bout. And Ruben Samuelson earned a pin to give the Mavs the victory. So the Mavs earn a share of the Armac regular season title with uh, two duels left on the road at Chadron State and Colorado School of Mines. And speaking of the Colorado School of Mines, both Maverick basketball teams will be there tonight. And we'll have it right here on the Team CMU Sports Network. Women's pregame at 5.15. They'll tip it at 5.30 as the Maverick women take on Colorado School of Mines. Lost to them earlier in the season at Brownson Arena. And for the Maverick women, if the Armac tournament started today, they would be in as the number eight uh, team into that tournament. Uh, Mines has the reigning conference player of the week and Megan Vandegraaff. And they're a team, according to Mavs coach Taylor Wagner, will take advantage of your mistakes without turning the ball over too much on their end. They just don't make a lot of mistakes. Obviously, Megan's playing really well. 
can just hurt you in a lot of different ways. And we hurt ourselves in about five or six plays where, you know, we just kind of gave it to them. And, uh, so for the Maverick men, they won their 18th game of the season last Saturday in the 300th of the career of coach Mike DeGeorge. It also ran the Mavs RMAC record to 13 and three on the season. They have gone 13 to one in the conference after getting swept the opening weekend at home by Colorado mines and Metro state. The teams they play this weekend DeGeorge says retribution is on the table both days. Well, we're a different team, and, and you, as you make slow incremental improvement, sometimes you don't recognize how much you've grown. You know, we are proud of them, and they've really uh, answered the bell to the issues we had, and, and we're excited to go out and see if we can get it done on Friday and Saturday night this weekend. All right, so the Maverick men and women play tonight. Cover School of Mines, Ethan Jordan. Appreciate Ethan going over. Uh, making the trip over to Golden. Uh, he'll have the game Sunday and Metro State tomorrow, by the way, from the Auraria campus. Women's pregame at 5.15. Women will tip it at 5.30 tonight. The men to follow at 7.30. And then tomorrow, it's earlier at Metro State. Pregame at 3.15 tomorrow for the women. They'll tip it at 3.30. The men right around uh, after 6 o'clock tomorrow night when the Mavericks play at Metro State. All right. Jim along with Cake today from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios. The most trusted name in automobiles coming up in just a few minutes. Ryan Harris started a tackle for the Broncos in Super Bowl 50. He's gone on to have a really solid media career. Was at Altitude Sports. Now works for Westwood One on their NFL coverage and also for the Notre Dame radio network. And so uh, he'll join us coming up in just a little bit. So um, got one from Guru Gary. Uh, Let's see. Ability to pressure and run and and the run game to dominate the dominate time could get ugly if Mahomes and crew lose the turnover battle. I got it around 31-23 Eagles, but I hope for some good luck for the Chiefs. Thank you, Guru. You need a little because it's like what? When uh, I'm not sure what he was meaning there. It was I blame sh- autocorrect. It was a little short. It was a little shorthand. All right. So coming up next hour, we'll have our uh, of course prop picks. And our pick, Buckeye, Buckeye and myself are tied for our uh, picks here on the program. So some rubber's going to meet the road. We're going to get this settled. We'll have our picks coming up next hour along with Ryan Harris, former Bronco, his thoughts on the hiring of Sean Payton and the big game coming up on Sunday. That's next on the team.